0: Thank you all for tuning in. The following is a presentation of Bald Spots Productions. Be sure to like, comment, and share. You know, subscribe, follow, whatever it is you've got to do to kick that algorithm into gear and help us reach more people. Yes, it is I, your humble host, Bill Hatch, this third, coming to you now from the palatial home studios of Bald Spots Productions here in the beautiful city of... Malden, Missouri. I have to remember that cuz I just moved. Um so uh no longer uh, no longer doing the uh the same old uh location. Um and uh I guess city might be a little uh, over uh, overthinking it cuz uh there are all of 1600 people in uh in Malden. Uh, <laughs> which is uh definitely different from the 300,000 that uh that I was used to in Santa Ana. But uh, um, joining me from a more than acceptable social dis- safe social distance, are my guests for today, Sally Gimon. Am I saying that right, Sally? Gimon, Gimon, and yeah. uh, and Dr. Cleet Bulach, 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 Cleet. <laughs> as long as I don't call you late for dinner, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we're here for another episode of uh, not quite after midnight, and uh, um, the uh, the roundtable version. So uh, we'll be talking. Uh, we'll be having a good conversation here. And uh, um, let's see, Sally, you uh, you are a financial advisor. Is that uh, is that accurate? I'm a
1: real estate investor, and I found out a way on how to save federal taxes. So. Okay, I'm, there I'm we not go. a financial advisor, if that makes sense. Right,
0: right. Okay, so kind of a tax consultant.
1: The, yes, but I'm not a CPA. So, but not hey, a CPA, right.
0: And yes. not an enrolled agent.
1: <laughs> I, 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 I enjoy real estate and crypto, and if I can save money, I think everybody else, if I know how to save money, everybody else should know how to save money, too.
0: Awesome. And uh, Cleet, you were a school superintendent and a CEO, if I remember the what I read correctly. Correct. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, uh, so sounds like we got some uh, some financial heads. Uh, oh, uh, sounds like we've got some financial heads uh, clinking together here uh, today. Um, it's funny how that uh, how that works out. I don't arrange the guests. Um, they arrange themselves, and uh, and uh, so uh, uh, usually it means we have uh, quite a bit of fun. But uh, um, so uh, let's start, uh, ladies first, since you're taking a big drink. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's something I'm allergic to right
1: now. I, I just moved to North Carolina a year ago, and spring gives brings out allergies, so I have to apologize.
2: Oh yeah,
0: no, I I know what you, you mean. I'm uh, I'm starting to find that here in Missouri too. Yeah.
2: Yeah, oh, I'll be there got me too. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Where whereabouts in Georgia, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cleet? Oh, just west of Atlanta, next to oh, okay. the Alabama a little town called Villa Rica. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, my local. uh my sister and her husband uh live in Rome. Yeah. I think it's yeah. So it's uh, so not to too far? Up
2: there, one of the extension colleges up there at oh, Rome. Okay. I know right where it yeah. is. Spent many <laughs> a day up there.
0: Yeah. And then uh, nice. Sally. Oh,
1: sorry. I'm, I'm <laughs> just outside Charlotte, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm closer to the South Carolina border than I am to Charlotte, a small town called Waxhall. Waxhall.
2: Okay. You have to say it with a smile.
0: <laughs> yeah, it yeah, kind of feels that
2: way. vacation towns <laughs> when I was in the military, we'd go once a month and spend all our money there.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
2: <laughs> when I was stationed in North Carolina, we'd go to Charlotte. Char- Charlotte's, I would say, it's like a little town.
1: I, I came from Phoenix, which was a huge me- metropolitan, but I like Charlotte. And I forgot how much I love spring here. The, the green, I mean, it's just amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, we got, uh, we got a good bit of that, too. Um, when we first got here, we got the rain. Um, but, uh, um, but it's, uh, it's been dry over the course of the last week. So, uh, um, but, uh, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting being in the Southeast as opposed to the Southwest. Um, I love Phoenix. I'm a native of
1: Phoenix. You can't mm-hmm. have 50,000 people moving a month to Maricopa County and not figure out what you're going to do with water. I, it's a little bit of a scary scenario.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, for my sure. First, my first experience with, Missouri was at Fort Leonard Wood January 1957 okay. and it was cold and rainy and miserable for 3 months there. <laughs>
0: uh, so anyway I, yeah yep. my uh, my brother uh, went to Fort Lost in the woods I mean Fort Leonard Wood <laughs> yeah lost in the woods I like that. Yeah. <laughs> But uh um but yeah I remember uh, I remember coming out here it was so funny we were living in uh in uh, Fort Campbell Kentucky and we drove up to uh to Fort Leonard Wood to see uh to see my brother graduate and uh, there was a rainstorm that literally stripped the paint off of my pickup truck wow yeah <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that was, that was something else. And, uh, but, uh, um, yeah, thankfully the, the GM paid for, uh, for repainting it. So I didn't have to worry about that.
1: <laughs> That's why you need insurance. Exactly.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep. But, uh, um, but yeah, um, so, uh, let's see. So, so Sally, take us through what it is you do for your
1: clients. Thank you. A little bit of history, if you don't mind, um, My parents drove from Goodyear, Arizona, which is 20 miles west of Phoenix, back in 2018. My mom got sick. She got septic of the blood. She was on a ventilator for 13 Mm. months in a hospital for 15 months, but got out. Okay, she came home. That's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. I became a real estate investor, doing very well. And in July of 2020, I I took down the deal of the week, a $20,000 bank-owned reverse mortgage house in Rocky Mount, North Carolina, that was gonna mm-hmm. to go to auction for $50,000. dollars Woohoo! I'm gonna make $30,000 spread on that. But it's middle <laughs> of COVID, and I had to wait 13 months. Wow. In my real estate group, Garrett Gunderson wrote a book called What the Rockefellers Do. He had to change the title to uh, What Billionaires Do, but it's about the Rockefellers Trust that is seven generations old and has over 400 people in it. I wow. went through every reference he had in the book and researched it, and I found the law firm that offers the trust the spendthrift trust that is not your mom and dad's trust, but it defers taxes, keeps your information private, and keeps you from being sued or not sued, keeps you from paying a judgment if you're sued. Because mm-hmm. of that trust, I became a client. When my auction house, I bought in July, it went up uh, uh, July of 2020. It went to auction uh, August 28, 2021, and it went for $64,000. I made a $44,000 spread between it but I got to save over $10,500 in capital gains. And I love it. And I want to teach other people wow. how to do this because no offense, Dr. Dr. Clee, nobody teaches this in school. Nobody teaches this in college. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I had, I went down the rabbit hole. If that makes sense.
2: <laughs> yeah. I've had some experience with public options just last week. Oh, excellent. What'd you get? <laughs> well, I own a uh, rental property. Uh, and, uh, the lots on either side have been up for auction one lot was been up for auction now 18 years and every year nobody bids on it and i thought well heck i'm hmm. going to i'm going to buy that lot at the auction so the taxes on the lot ended up being over $3000 and i thought oh i don't want to pay that i'll just skip make a I'll bank a bid of $500 on it, and they wouldn't accept the bid. So on the same thing on the other lot, uh, I put a bid of $500. They wouldn't accept it. I had to pay the taxes. And I says, well, I don't want to pay the taxes on it. Nobody else does either. That's why nobody wants to buy the lot. And it's been sitting Mm -hmm. in your county for the last, since 2005. Do you want to sell the lot or don't you? Well, you got to pay the taxes. No, I don't want it. So I'm working, I'm trying to get that lot with, I'm trying to work with the treasurer to get the lot. And so far I'm not getting anywhere. If you got any advice, I'd like to hear it. It's gonna be on the, um,
1: I don't know about, uh, you're in Georgia. I know North Carolina rule. The person you need to talk to in North Carolina is the clerk of the court. I don't know who it would be in Georgia. So I I don't wanna give you any any advice on that.
2: Not the uh, tax treasurer.
1: The tax treasurer is usually within the uh, clerk of the court, but yeah, exactly. Because the reason they're doing the taxes is to pay for the police officers and the firefighters and things like that. Mm-hmm. Here in North Carolina, crazy state, 101 counties, they do, do an auction. You think you won the house, but you haven't. Depending on the county, it's either 10 business days or 10 calendar uh, calendar days. Uh, this is how I do my real estate. This is why I moved to North Carolina from Arizona, because well, there was tax lien. Georgia,
2: so it's a year. You got to wait okay. a year before, before you can do anything with the property. Give the previous owner the right to, that's just Precisely. the way it works. Correct. Yeah.
0: Correct.
2: Well, the clerk of courts is different from the treasurer then. The, it, uh, ex- every
1: state's a little bit different. I, I'm going to be honest with you on that. So that, that's why I don't want to give you any advice.
2: Well, I will write down here, clerk of courts, and see what, see what I do with that. It's just weird. I mean, you know, I talked to the commissioner and I said, why this house, this property hasn't sold since 2005. Why, why do you keep putting it on when nobody bids on it? Why don't you want to get rid of it and collect some they taxes? Want the
1: money? They want to pay their police yeah. and for, uh, firefighters.
2: Yep. It's crazy. Anyway, yeah. that was my experience. So. <laughs> Well, my hat's off to you. Your background's totally different from mine. I'm just right. a neophyte in that territory. Well, I, I, I was working
1: as an insurance agent for over 20 years, and one of the things I, I was working as was a Medicare broker for the last 18 months, and people are miserable when they're uh, turning 65. They're broke. So I, I was doing real estate on the side, mm-hmm. and true story, it, we, it was open enrollment. The woman was turning 65. We were on a special call campaign in Texas. I talked to her for an hour, gave her all the information. She called me back three three weeks later. She goes, oh, I changed my address. So I'm updating on the computer. She moved four miles over the border to New Mexico. Everything changed. I got fired because the lady moved four miles over to New Mexico. I'm like, I'm done. I'm not working uh, uh, hourly income anymore. I'm going to (laughs) be my own boss after that.
2: Wow. Yeah. Great for you. Well, I'm 84.
1: Oh wow. wow, you look good for 84, congratulations.
2: <laughs> congratulations. Yeah, that's what I say. I never <laughs> expected to get this far, but uh, so far, uh, I'm looking forward to another 10 anyway. I
1: wish you well on that. My, my, my dad had a whole joke that he was gonna live to be 150 and uh, uh, haunt us if he didn't. So but, yeah, we have a joke about that. <laughs>
0: My uh, my grandmother lived to the ripe old age of ninety three, as did my uh, as did my mother's father, uh, yeah, my mom's father and my dad's mother both uh, both lived to ninety three, and uh, um, both uh, both healthy as horses uh, up until uh, up until they were done. You know, uh, my grandfather, uh, uh, according to my uncle, my grandfather's final breath was a laugh. So can't beat that. I wonder where they got that expression, ripe, old, because I don't want to be
2: ripe when I die. <laughs> I just want to die. My, my grandfather died in bed,
1: which I thought was lovely. And my mom, I think she she, was, she came home for a few weeks and she picked up her wine glass, said to my dad, here's the 57 years of being married, took a drink of wine, put the glass down, and uh, she passed away. I'm like, she loves wine, perfect way to go, her last thing. So, yeah. so if you now, know i asking, Dr. McLean, what, what kind of business did you do? You, you were CEO of what?
2: Well, I have a consulting uh, agency that I work with uh, schools around the world uh, on bullying behavior, on character education, character behavior, um, basically leadership, school culture and climate. Um, my uh, my mantra is you must collect data in order to find out where you are, because if you don't know where you are, you don't know where you're going to go. And you must do pre and post collection of data. So I provide a data collection services. I have a a number of surveys I've developed that measure character behavior on 26 character traits. I measure bullying behavior in schools. I measure school culture and climate in schools. I measure levels of openness and trust between the leader and the followers. Mm -hmm. And you can I measure openness and trust within a group. Um, let's see, I think that's about it. those are my, yeah. Those are the surveys that I provide. Uh, doc, people with doctoral dissertations use my surveys to, to get their doctorate degrees, and I help them with that. So,
1: excellent. My my uh, brother is a former Secret Service agent, and one of his jobs was to um, interview school shooters. And every single school shooter, unfortunately, was bullied, and he's just like. I, I was taller than my, my older brother's two years, two years ahead of me in school. And I was taller than he was up until I was 14 years old. And yeah, I mean, I got bullied, It, but I don't know how you turn into such a go after somebody else. That's just, that's just so wrong. If that makes sense.
2: Well, you know, I, I've done a lot. Of, you can get on YouTube and look up my name and you'll see that I've done a lot of talks on bullies and shooters. Um, the, the, and you're right, bully, bully people who've been bullied oftentimes end up being shooters because one of the things I discovered um, back in 2002, I got the job of being the best, the lowest bidder on a contract to evaluate every school district in the state of West Virginia on their character education program, which was mandated that year. They wanted to know what was being done, and when I interviewed thousands of teachers and students in every school district in the state, I found out that one of the biggest problems in every school was human relations, particularly related to the needs of people. And I identified five basic needs that all people have, that you have, Sally, and that Bill has, and I have, and particularly shooters have. And when those needs are not being met, a human being has to do something to get them met. So let's take the typical shooter who has been bullied, okay, at some point in their lives. And of course, I was bullied because when I graduated from high school, you talked about how tall you were. I was five four and weighed 125 pounds. <laughs> I'm <laughs> absolutely. I, I, I'm 5'11, so yes. I was the littlest kid in school and everybody could bully me, but it made me tough instead. But anyway, the bully has a need for control is one. That's number one. That's Mm -hmm. the basic need, not only with the bully, but it's the basic need in everyone. Just look at what's happening in Congress right now. Look at what's happening with Putin. Look at what's happening Mm -hmm. with Trump and everybody else. It's all about control. And it goes all the way back to a guy named Epictetus, back before Christ was born. He Mm -hmm. philosophized that control was the most important thing that made people tick. That's why they did what Mm -hmm. they did to gain control. So a bully does not have, he gains control by the victim. The victim has no control. Okay, so the victim of the bully. Is the one who's at at risk here, so they mm-hmm. have no control. The second need is they have to have moments of happiness in their life. If they have none, that's the second need. And then the third one is feelings of anxiety, stress, and fear. And at the, at the extreme on, on a, a one on that, the fear is death. And all the way to the other side, where you don't have it, or you can look at it. Ten is death, whichever way you want to look at that. But if you if you have that, no no happiness, not your fear, and no control, and then you have purpose as the fifth fourth need. If you have no purpose, I ask kid, why do you go to school? Oh, I don't want. I don't like it. You don't have any reason to go to school. No, I don't. I have to go. That's the only reason I go. So many kids don't have a purpose, but the victim, when you're uh, being bullied, you don't have any purpose because you fear going to school, You don't, and then the, nobody cares about you is another uh, need, and if you have all of that, fear, happiness, control, caring, and purpose, What's go- What are you going to do? So the options mm-hmm. are suicide is one. The second one is join a gang. A gang gives you control, They people who care about you. And in mm-hmm. everyday life, a lot of people join cults to get away mm-hmm. from that. So they allow that leader to control them. Like that Jim Jones thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are absolutely controlled by the leader of the Latter-day Saints. They're in control of the leader. And they accept it because they need that feeling of control, but it's by someone else. And uh, <clears throat> um, this caring thing, if you w- wake up one morning, and I theorize that uh, uh, Jackson and uh, Elvis Presley and these, these, um, <clears throat> oh, movie stars that commit suicide when they are all these famous people, they end up mm-hmm. one day, nobody cares about me, they only care about my money. Mm-hmm. And they, they you know, life just, anyway. Um, shooters, when they grab that gun, they have control. They're gonna show they have a purpose. They are going to take control, their life, and they really don't care about their life and they don't and they know they're going to die so that they just go through with it and that's what happens to many shooters but anyway anyway mm-hmm. you when you talked about what you did in high school that reminded me of that
1: well my older brother doesn't remember this but my younger brother remembers this when my mom potty trained us you know in the morning you get up do your yeah. business and you wash your hands I still say this every morning. I love you, Sally. So someone has said that said that to me, and I teach that to as many people as possible. It's such a small thing to do, but it really works. It makes your day so much better. So
2: that's true. I, a, I think
1: self love is. A lot of people don't know how to love themselves, unfortunately.
2: I just you just reminded me of something I saw on Facebook yesterday. It was someone who said criticism is one of the worst things you can do to someone, because when you criticize someone, you don't show them that you love them. You show them that they don't love themselves. And I got Mm. to thinking about that and I thought, wow, that, so what's the difference between criticism and discipline? Is a parent who disciplines a child criticizing them? Yeah, but what's the difference? And that's an interesting thought that went through my head. When you discipline a kid, you do it because you care about the kid. But the kid doesn't know that. So I I wrote on Facebook, when you discipline someone, you tell the kid, I love you. There's nothing that you do that will stop me from loving you. But your fake behavior, I cannot stand. Your behavior has to change. So that's what. I'm criticizing you about I'm criticizing your behavior, not you. So I want you to know that I love you. But this is the behavior that I can't stand. You think you can change that? Because when you do this, you hurt me. Do you want to hurt me? And of course, what's the kid going to say? No, I don't want to hurt you, mom, or dad, I don't want to hurt you. Oh, I knew that. Well, tell me what behavior I'm asking you to change. So you get the kid to admit, to tell you that, well, you told me that you don't want me to do this. That's right, do you think you can stop that? I'm gonna try, dad. Oh, that's right, son, I love you. Thank you. That's a different way of showing that you love the kid and you care of them, but most parents don't think about that. They just criticize the kid.
1: Well, I think people only learn from what they know. I, I hate to say that, yeah. Um, yeah. you know. I do what's called a promise and a get for. Like for me, for my business, I promised I would get fifty new business brokers in a week, but my go for is a hundred. So first week of May, I got a, I got a hundred and two. So you know, you have to keep changing your goalposts if that makes sense. Because it, the, it's up to you. It's up to each individual to change their life and make it better. If that makes sense.
2: Mm-hmm yes well let me share with you um something else that i've realized through all those interviews basically connie what you do is you want to motivate people to improve their financial environment to work with you on your finances and so forth right
1: people People don't realize the uh, IRS tax code only get put, was put in place in 1913. The trust is contract law in the IRS tax code, and it's older than the United States. So people are like, this sounds so uh, so fake. and I'm like, it's not. It, it, it's really out there. Mm-hmm. U.S. presidents and the Rockefellers have this trust. And I don't mean to say this rudely, but the poor have a safety net. The rich know things, and it's the middle class that are getting squeezed in between. And I'm... I wanna help as many people in the middle class learn learn this information because it's not taught in schools. It's not taught in universities. Mm-hmm. It's a well-kept secret.
2: So you're sharing your expertise and your information, right? Correct. Okay. That's two, two forms of power. Did you know there are nine ways, nine forms of power that are used by people like you, by Bill, by myself, by parents, all over the, the, everybody out there, Trump, Putin, everybody out there is using those forms of power and many of them don't know what they are. I'm sorry, collar, C-O-L-L-A-R? Power, P-O-W-E-R. Power, power, okay, sorry. When you wanna control or motivate someone, you have to use a form of power. And when you Mm -hmm. use information, you're using that as power. When you tell them what you've done, you're using your expertise. And when you use power expertise and information, those are two forms of power. They're called freeing forms of power because when people hear it or see it, they're free to do it. They say, oh yeah, that's interesting. I'm gonna do that, right? Okay, that's two. Well, there are three other freeing forms of power. One is your, your personality and you're a nice looking young lady. You've got a good way of interacting with people. And they say, yeah, she's kind of, not, I, I like her. And they do it because you have this relationship with your clients, right? So using true. you're using the third form of power. Okay. The fourth form of power is what they call moral power. And you use that too, unknowingly, because you convince people, you talk to people about what is the right thing to do, don't you? Uh, people
1: think it's, people don't think it's legal. And I'm like, it's been in front of the Supreme Court twice. It's in the, yeah, correct?
2: I'm trying to teach them. It is legal. So yes. you, you go to the law and you tell them what the right thing to do is. Correct. So that's what moral power is too. Its legal power is moral power. It's the right thing to do. What is the right thing to do is moral power. I don't know if you do this one or not, but the fifth one, the freeing one, is: Do you ever stroke egos? Do you say, do I ever do what? I'm sorry. Stroke an ego. Do you ever say to people, "You know, you did such a wonderful job with that. You mind sharing that with some of my other clients?"
1: I I don't consciously do that, but maybe I do. I don't. I don't think so.
2: Yeah, well, Bill, I'm sure you, you stroke <laughs> egos here and there, don't you? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's married. He has to. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. No, <laughs> he's a No,
0: writer. I I am not married. I am not oh, married.
1: Sorry, I thought you said you. I thought you said your family moved to the new new oh, towns. Oh no, no,
0: no. Well, those no, are just five
2: three forms of power. You got information, expertise, personality, ego, and moral power. Those are the ways. Okay the five forms of power you use to motivate people to do what you're asking them to do
0: mm-hmm.
2: and they are free to do it okay
1: exactly you know that, that's that's my goal is to get information out there i yeah. mean if people decide to go forward excellent if people decide not to go forward good luck you know that's their decision
2: well most right. leaders use the same forms and but they they also have a position you don't have position power You don't have—you use the five freeing forms of power almost exclusively. I don't think you have position power over your clients, do you? I don't know what position power is. I'm sorry. Well, a parent has position power over their kids. As a school superintendent, because of my position, I had position power. A leader has position power. Trump had position power. Biden has it. All of the congressmen Mm -hmm. have Anyone who's appointed to a position has position power, right?
1: Okay. okay. If, if you, yeah. if you um, consider them leaders, I mean, that's, that's a yeah. personal choice.
2: Well, once you get yeah. a position power, you acquire two other forms of power, the ability to reward and punish. A parent has position power, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. And they have the ability to punish their kids or reward them. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now the fourth, the fourth. Form of controlling power is called connection power. So you don't get you only get position power by being connected to somebody. The president of the United States is connected to all the citizens of the United States. They got there by voting. And that's mm-hmm. how they got their position power, and with that they have connection power. Biden has lost his connection power with the populace. His, his, right. Approval rates is down the 30-some percent. Trump's trying yeah. to get it back. Um, so in a marriage, the husband and wife, the connection power depends on whether the husband supports the wife. If they don't, the wife loses her position power. If the wife doesn't support the husband, he loses his position power, and the kids don't listen to the one that's mm. lost. Because in any marriage, one or the other has greater power than the other. Someone Mm -hmm. in a marriage always, it should be an equal thing, but when push comes to shove, one person in the marriage usually has (laughs) the edge. You know, when it's a critical decision, one person, I used to tell my students and i tell my kids, here's the secret to a good marriage. You tell your wife or the wife tells the husband, look, I'm the boss and you get what you want. Okay. Now that seems kind of crude, but who's the boss? When you get what you want. Correct. You know, it's, it's a, it's a 50 50 thing. Really. You get what you want. Then I'm, I'm the boss, but you get what you want. So I'm really not the boss, but anyway, But it sets the tone. So when the critical decision comes along, the one who says, I'm the boss, has the final say. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's a good working relationship. But anyway, I don't know. What what are you thinking about what I just said?
1: (laughs) The hierarchy, correct, is hierarchy and how things work. And relationships shift a lot. So, correct.
2: Yeah. Yes, they do. Um, you know, when when I was, before I retired, uh, t- oh, 20, 20 years ago, 20-some years ago, I was the boss and my wife got what she wanted. Now she's the boss because I'm underfoot 24-7. <laughs> so the role has changed. And so she I get what I want now. You know, so I say, honey. This is what I want. Uh, you know, it's strange, but the role has shifted in the marriage. Mm-hmm. In most marriages, when the person retires, the roles can shift.
1: It's, I don't know. And right now, more people are retiring. They say no. 10,000 people a day are turning 65. It's a huge yeah. population shift. Yeah. But I didn't realize. Uh, Millennials are bigger than the baby boomers. You know, they always talk about the baby boomers are changing everything. The millenniums mm-hmm. have more people in that population now, which is yeah. interesting. It's going to be a very, it's going to be an interesting time to be alive here in the United States.
2: Yeah. Yes, it is. Right? And the next election is going to be. Well, like I, I was the
1: last <laughs> doing class of my. Ele- they shut my elementary school and they shut my high school and. I'm going to age myself, but 1984, Ronald Reagan's economic advisor came to talk to my high school. It was only um, sophomores, juniors, and seniors. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I already knew what school I was going to. And he, he said, if things don't change, you won't have Social Security when you turn 65. That's always mm-hmm. been in the back of my mind. And that's one of the reasons I became a real estate investor, because I don't want to depend on things. I, 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 I want right. to be independent, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, real estate. I've been a real estate investor too. Um, Excellent. Thank, thank goodness. Cause if I weren't, I wouldn't have. At one time I bought a trailer park with no money down. And, uh, that's where I got my start. And Do you still have it or did you sell it? I sold it and had bought rental property and i have got a condo on the beach at Gulf shores. And that has been a great investment because what was in 2003, that has more than doubled at this point in time. Um, Excellent. real estate has been a godsend for us and my wife. And, uh, she is, she is, that's been her job, just managing the properties. Um, but yeah, <laughs> just, real estate, just... if you're, anyone's listening out there, you need to get into real estate because it's, it's the only thing that I know where. Your, your money is safe. Well, the, um, top
1: 100, the top 100 millionaires in the United States, they might not be, like Jeff Bezos, might not be number one in real estate, but every billionaire in the United States has some form of real estate in their portfolio.
2: That yeah. That's correct. Right. Oh, yeah. I, will, I would imagine that that's true. <clears throat> I don't know yeah. where else you can put your money and 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 it almost always is going to end up being more than in the long mm-hmm. run. There are periods when um, what you bought goes down. I know a number of people. I lived in
1: Phoenix. I lived in Phoenix for 22 years. Oh yeah, we're very cyclical there.
2: Yeah, um, in 2005, <laughs> you know, property was really high, and uh, the condos where we lived that were selling for 500,000. Dropped to one eighty-five. Wow! Within a myri- within a matter of one year, and the ones who bought at five hundred thousand on on uh, um, uh, mortgages. What, what is the one where you, each year it changes? I forget the name for it now. Adjustable. Adjustable and in arm. Yeah, those who bought arms at five hundred thousand two years later they were in big trouble mm-hmm. Well, it, it, but they I, all I don't mean that. to say this
1: that the economy is very shaky here in North Carolina mm-hmm. they haven't done a foreclosure in three and a half years not my county, wow. just my zip code my zip code here in North Carolina there are 229 homes in pre-foreclosure meaning they're behind wow. as soon as they get the letter to say foreclosure they only have 90 days you know mm-hmm. 29 people in a small little zip code. It's it's kind of how do I say this? It's kind of suburban. It's kind of rural. I mean, there's a farm literally two miles from my from my house. My house. Um, that if we don't, the economy. We're not in control of the economy, but we have to pay attention to what's happening. If we de- mm-hmm. if we default June first on yep. our, our our bills. It's going to cause car rates to go up. I just heard the average car payment right now for a new car, seven hundred and fifty dollars. Oh, wow! I mean, that's super expensive. I mean, who yeah. affords that?
2: Well, yeah, wow. the other thing is rental prop rents now. You know, yes, yes, be seven fifty a month is now closer oh. to eight hundred.
1: Well, I, we're we're. we're uh... the I'm, using, I, I'm the mortgage. I, I I do notes, so I'm the mortgage on the house because so many people can't afford to get a mortgage now and they pay me instead. And you know mm-hmm. that's interest income. And I can, the, the trust takes care of that. So I I'm saving money and making money at the same time.
2: So yeah. when you do that. Yeah. Go ahead, Bill.
0: Where, where we were in, uh, in Southern California, um, the rent was about 1600 bucks for a one bedroom apartment. Wow.
1: Where's Southern California? Orange County? or Orange
0: County. Orange County. Orange County. Yeah. And, uh, LA was, uh, LA was in the two thousands.
1: Correct. Well, during COVID, just, just to give you an idea, I'm not trying to be political, but if you had a rental, like, let's say I was your landlord bill, Mm -hmm. you stopped paying. I still had to pay for the water, the electricity and the garbage pickup. So I have a lot of uh, friends who had real estate in California and got almost bankrupt over it. Unfortunately. Wow. How'd you get from California to Missouri?
0: My uh, my parents live here in Missouri. And Did you go uh, there or they moved there? No. They they moved there. They moved here. And uh, um so uh, we decided it was a nice uh, nice place and uh and it's definitely cheaper. Uh <laughs> California? Yes. Yeah.
2: yeah we have a, so we have a lot of Californians moving into our neighborhood here. We got a Yeah. We're in a uh gated community with about 3,000 Mm -hmm. um lots and homes and a golf course and pools and recreation center and tennis courts and all Mm -hmm. that stuff so uh, well i just
1: one of my clients um true story he kind of sad story he sells weight loss supplies the weight Mm -hmm. loss things he woke up one morning he was making forty thousand dollars a month woke up one morning to go check his, his, his the company he was with complete completely shut down all of a sudden his business wow so he, so he was saying to me, he started up another business. He's got the business Spendthrift Trust that's going to save 70% on federal taxes. He, wants, he wanted me to find something for him. A county called Anson County is about an hour from Charlotte, a very poor county. The only Walmart mm-hmm. there shut down January 1st after Christmas, mm-hmm. and there's nothing else. He, we got he, uh, doing what I do. We found an upset bid. The house was less than $4,000 three-bedroom, one-brick house on 16 acres. He and his mm-hmm. wife are moving down here. They're going to split the acres into uh, quarter lots. And like mm-hmm. you were saying, they're going to put um, a three-bedroom, two-bath house on each of the quarter lots that can have a wheelchair and be completely handicap accessible because mm-hmm. senior, there are more senior citizens uh, doing. And so he wants to get the Spendthrift Trust. I'm like, you you, you don't have enough money yet. You know, The house is so cheap but, uh, until you start building things up. But <laughs> um, that, that's, I love working my, with my clients. We get to do so many things together and mm-hmm. help people do it. I've got another client. Um, after this, I have to go to the, uh, a courthouse to see if we won 192 acres, raw land, acreage, 12 miles from Charlotte. I, that could be wow. a sweet, sweet deal.
0: hmm Yeah. All right. Sounds Bill, like you it. You <laughs> want to go from here. <laughs> <laughs> um... Well, uh, let's see. We, uh, I really liked, uh, what you talked about with, uh, with power. Um, yes. I definitely think people don't consider enough the power people have over them. Um, you know, and, uh, um, and what they give up when they, uh, um, you know, when they, when they join a particular, like a political side or, or something like that. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, and all, but. Yeah, um, yeah, it's really, uh, yeah, it's really interesting uh, um, on uh, on that. Um, Let's see. um, Wow, yeah, we did a lot. uh, We've we've done a lot of chat in the last. We've been talking for yes. Well, it's Um, interesting. Forty minutes.
2: There is a a survey. Um, guy named William Schutz S C H U T Z has a thing called the Fundamental Interpersonal Relations Orientation. And you can take the survey. I used to give it to my students all the time. Mm -hmm. And it measures your need to control versus your need to be Mm -hmm. controlled. And you get a score on, you know, are you a control freak where you have to have, absolutely (laughs) have to have control. Or Or are are you a doormat? (laughs) Or are you a person who likes to have someone tell you what to do? Um, And it, it was amazing when people took the survey for them to find out what their control needs were. Um, mm-hmm. You know, light bulbs go off. I didn't realize that, you know. Uh, so yeah. everybody's control needs are different. But to have no control of your life is a major, major function. And shooters are... And any and suicide people who commit suicide, people who join gangs, and people who um, mm-hmm. get drugs, and people who are alcoholics and have control. Is that one of their major functions? And the other one, neck right next to it, is caring. Um, mm-hmm. If you were to wake up one morning and realize nobody cared about you, which is mm-hmm. what I think happened with uh, oh, who was the gal that Kennedy, the the actress um
0: marilyn monroe
2: yeah marilyn monroe i think you know realized that nobody really cared about her as a person and Mm -hmm. um you know uh there there are people when you realize that there's life's not worth living anymore when you Mm -hmm. it's an awful feeling to know that nobody cares if you feel that that nobody cares about you anyway yeah um
1: there was just something yeah. on the news. I um I I was watching it with my sister in law, talking about people who hate who have anxiety on Sundays because they have to go back to work on Monday. Yeah. And my question for them is: There's so many jobs out there right now. Change your job. You know, do something. Mm-hmm. Don't don't have anxiety. This is my personal belief. We are control. Everyone has control of their life to make choice A or choice B or maybe yeah. there might be a choice C, but don't just sit there, let it go. Sorry.
0: I think, I think uh, think a lot of people are missing the support structure to be able to make those choices though. Um, You know, there, there's no one out there helping them even in just an emotional support. Um, Forget about financial support or anything like that. Um, You know, we're, uh, we're, they feel people feel that they can make the choice. Well the and, fear uh, of losing
2: control is a big fear. That mm-hmm. is a major, yeah. major fear. Um mm-hmm. I've always you know fought felt and told people I don't care what comes down the pike, I'll deal with it. So self-confidence mm-hmm. is a major factor in all human beings. Yeah. And um, you know I, I've often also said Self-confidence can be a, a, uh, a major problem, too, because if you're so self-confident that you come off as cocky or arrogant, right. then it, it works against you. So mm-hmm. you don't want to be, you want to be, everybody should, you want self-confidence, but not to the point that you're arrogant or right. come off as too cocky. Um, I, you know, I tell people, let your light shine. But if it gets too bright, look out because somebody's going to put it out. <laughs> Jealousy is one mm-hmm. of human nature's worst attributes. Yeah, uh, people who are jealous of others are so dysfunctional. Instead of worrying about their own, they they look at other people and they get jealous and they try to put out their light. Mm-hmm. And I've dealt with that all my life as a professor and. Uh, you know, I tell, you know, my daughter, one of my daughters was one of the best teachers in the city where she was teaching and there were people who were shooting at her because she was getting mm-hmm. these accolades. And I says, Katie, your light's too bright. Don't, sh- don't get the center stage. The worst thing that can happen to you is be mm-hmm. teacher of the year. Guess what do the <laughs> other teachers, what are the other teachers going to do when you're teacher of the year? Are they going to like you for it? Nine times out of 10, there are going to be a bunch of teachers in that school who are going to hate you, who Mm -hmm. are going to try to discredit you. So you don't become teacher of the year next year. Right, Sally, what do you think about that? I think that's just so sad. You know, do you think that's true? I I do
1: think it's true. I mean, that's one of the reasons I work for myself now. I am it's just the pettiness that you can happen at work The pettiness yeah. of someone you know something happening there i'm like just you you talked about happiness earlier the only way you can be happy is from from yourself internally you can't other things are not going to make you happy and i it's interesting i you know I, I i'm in a real estate group and everyone says to me oh you're lucky i'm like. No, I work hard for what I do. I purposely schedule my day my week so I can go to the ju- uh, to the courthouse. I purposely have lists and things like this it's mm-hmm. There's no luck involved, no. so i that i i think there is pettiness out there and jealousy, and it we you, it, it doesn't need to be there you can you, you can change your own life if that makes sense. Yeah. It, sure. I do believe in the concept of doing one percent better every single day. And by the end of the month, you're 30% better. You know, what What can you do to make yourself better today and do it?
2: Mm-mm. That's good to go. I agree with yeah, that. Yeah,
0: the, uh, the, the slight edge. Um, you don't need to be 100% improved by tomorrow. Um, it, unfortunately, there's always going to be something you can improve. Exactly. Right, right. <laughs> But yeah, making a making a 1% improvement uh, um can be done. I mean, that's not uh that's not difficult. You know, they, and uh and it actually compounds. It's actually after 30 days it's actually going to be more than 30% improved exactly. if you've improved it, 1% every day.
1: A, yeah. a ship, uh, let's say a navy ship, if it's off by 2 degrees when it leaves, mm-hmm. let, let's say from Spain coming back to Newport News, Virginia, it could mm-hmm. go either all the way down to Florida or all the way up to Maine that, you know, that's just yeah. a two degree separation, how much of a difference it is. And why can't we yeah. change our lives that way? Just doing 1% better a day, you know? Yeah.
2: I, 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 think it, Even at my age, you have to, 84, you, you can't quit. You, you have this 1% business, you know, one of my goals, I'm up to 12 military style push push-ups. Oh, wow, good do, for you. I'm, I, gonna, I, I, I'm gonna do 13. One pringle more. Yes, the joke is
1: you can't stop eating one pringle; you have to eat them all. So, yes,
2: they get up to (laughs) fifteen. That's my goal: is to get back up to fifteen. So, I'm 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 going to work at it. But we all, if we don't have goals, if Mm -hmm. if you don't have a goal, okay, it's it all goes.
1: I think so many people don't have a goal. They they, that that's I think people need. Whatever your personal goal is, just have a goal and work to get to it. And then when you accomplish it, you'll feel such accomplishment over it.
2: I think it was mm-hmm. Mahatma Gandhi who said, life with no goal is no life. I think Rick mm-hmm. Warren said that too. Rick Warren was the, <laughs> what was that book he wrote? The Purpose, the purpose of- Driven Life. Yeah, The Purpose Driven Life. If you don't have a goal or a purpose in life, you're mm-hmm. gonna, you have no life. You're, 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 you're on the down, you're on the down swing. If you don't have Mm -hmm. a purpose, you're on the way down. So, um, yeah, it's true. Uh,
1: And it could be anything. It could be any small thing saying, you know, you're, you're going to do, put 13 pushups in a day. Um, my whole goal is to go to the gym and say two days a week, three days a week. So yes, yes.
2: (laughs) Sure. right. Well, here's mm-hmm. to purpose. Here's to life. Here's to caring about our fellow citizens. Here's to happiness. Mm-hmm. Here's to having some control over our lives and letting other people know we care about them. And uh, life will go on and it'll be good. Absolutely. Yes. That absolutely.
0: can be beautiful. Yep. Um, let's see. uh um, well, well, promotion times, um, let's see, uh, do either of you have, uh, have websites or, or whatever that we can plug? Sure.
2: Uh, mine is www. Oh, West West Georgia, dot Edu front slash West G- Ypsilon, that little thing up in the left-hand corner of the keyboard, C lock. Um,
0: okay. Yeah.
2: That's my website. Or you can just put my name in and on the web and you'll find <laughs> it, I think.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll put the link up in the, uh, in the description and uh, okay. so people can find it real easily. And uh, Sally, how about you?
1: My website is thetrustisyou.com. And I do have a podcast. I just issued my 22nd episode today Woo-hoo! called Stop Paying Capital Gains Now! with an exclamation mark. I appreciate oh. that Bill uh, letting us promote ourselves.
0: Awesome. Yeah, That's no, cool. uh, absolutely. Um yeah, want uh, want people to find out more uh, about you and uh, um, and uh, mm-hmm. and cuz we can only go so far in uh, in a in a little show like this.
1: And it's been an interesting <laughs> show. It's kind
0: of all over the map, but we got to talk about all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So,
1: thank you Dr. Klee.
2: Thank you, Sally, and Bill, thank you. And, and Bill, oh,
1: yes, it's my pleasure. Show, yes.
0: And uh, yeah, then uh, that's it for uh, for today. Um, I'd like to thank my guests, Sally Gimmon and Dr. Bel Bloch. Um, <laughs> that last name of yours is uh, that's just fun to say. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, check out uh, check out their websites. Um, remember to be safe out there and uh, wash your hands and stay tuned for the end credits. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been a presentation of Bald Spots Productions. I'd like to thank my producer, my beloved mother, Eileen Hatch. I, of course, am your humble host. I'm very thankful for my special guests, Sally Gimmon and Dr. Cleet. Support the show if you feel so led over on Patreon.com. We're known as Bald Spots Pro. Don't you dare miss YWL Online. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and wherever fine podcasts are offered. Be sure to tune in next time when my special guests will be J.F. Garrard and Mosquito Steve Moore. Be sure to like, comment, and share. You know, subscribe, follow, whatever it is you've got to do to kick that algorithm into gear and help us reach more people. If you or someone you know needs support now, call or text 988 or chat 988lifeline.org. That is the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline here in the United States.